Hello, and welcome back to Undiscovered. Okay, so this episode is with my very best friend, my first friend in Los Angeles, and my very first, well, my first new friend in Los Angeles, and my very first influencer friend, Lexi Mars. We basically built our careers together, and maybe you guys know us from our YouTube channel together. Maybe you guys have seen our collaborative posts on Instagram. Not really TikTok because we're millennial as fuck, but we're still trying. We're still on TikTok, okay? I have been waiting to do this episode because now is just the right time. Since we both moved back to the suburbs of Chicago, she, I think, is a little bit more permanent than me. I don't know if I'm going back to LA yet or staying here. Either way, we were in LA for seven years. Now we're back to Chicago. We're going to get into a bunch of these topics, why we moved back. I'm just so happy that Lex shared some really vulnerable things in this episode that I feel like are so relatable to so many people and it's exactly what makes her honestly one of the best friends that I have. So if you don't know Lexi, she is an influencer, a YouTuber, and also a stand-up comedian, which we talk about and I keep on telling her, I'm like, you have got to get back into that because she is so funny and it's so underrated and I'm always like show that on social media because you guys this is why I'm so excited every single time she opens her mouth to talk I've never left a conversation without cracking up laughing so with that I hope you guys enjoy this episode I know that you will maybe that's cocky no it's not you know what it's fine it's you know what even if you don't it's fine all right okay love you welcome back to Undiscovered. I have Lexi Mars here. Let's just paint a picture. If you guys have no idea who the fuck me and Lexi are. No, I, they know. Otherwise, like, how are they seeing this? Right, exactly. Can you do like a cut to like YouTube when we're like, I'm Jamie and I'm Lexi and this is Lexi and this is Jamie. Yeah. And we're here to burn Lexi's house down. I'm Lexi <laughs> and I'm Jamie and this is Lexi and this is Jamie. And we're here to burn Lexi's house down. In the window. Yes. Just to give a little backstory, <laughs> Lex and I met back in 2017, January 13th. <laughs> Say it again. 2017, January 13th. I think it was a Friday. That's so sweet. We hung out because <laughs> then we went to the club later that night. No, we didn't. The first time we yeah, hung out, we went to I the told club. you, I when I when I like a friendship, I like jump in immediately. Like, Me too. yeah. Love you. So I was like, remember we were walking after we went to True Food Kitchen. I was like, do you want to go to the club tonight? This club promoter is texting me. I don't know how many people can come, but do you want to like come? That I'm whispering because like I was whispering when I asked you. Yeah, you really like to get in straight in there. Yeah. You're like, let me retell it as if you were there. <laughs> this was on Third Street Promenade, I remember, because Michelle and... I like, still have the photos from it, by the way. We can insert photos. Oh. If, the, if you do that. From Nightingale. From Nightingale and from True Food Kitchen. So I know what I got. Okay. It's cauliflower. Lexi like DM me. I was like, hey, we go to the same hairdresser in Chicago in the suburbs. And she said that you're moving to LA because we're both from, she's from a suburb of Chicago. I'm from a suburb of Chicago, like 15 minutes away from each other. And we went to the same salon, M Salon, which by the way, I'm seeing Diana who introduced us on Monday. No way. Yes. Because she's like the queen of the burbs. We should have Diana on the podcast. We really should. I was sitting in the chair. She's like, how's LA? I'm like, good. I don't really have any friends though. And she was like, oh, well, uh, you should message this other girl. She just moved out to LA and she likes taking pictures too. (laughs) 
and I was like, okay, like that, that's how it started. I told her I didn't have any friends there. And she was like, this girl also doesn't, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. Maybe that's what your mom said and you don't know that. Oh my, it's so true. <laughs> I feel like my mom would be like, yo, anybody like want to be friends with my daughter? Don't tell her I said that. When like, I looked so you real. up, you were so intimidating though. That's so hard for me to imagine because when I look, when I saw that you DM'd me, I was like, uh, this girl is a full-blown model. I'm so intimidated, but then I That's met you. probably only because I had close to 10K followers at the time. That's probably That's why true. you were intimidated. Yeah, but in 2017, 10K was 1 million. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and you were like a TCU cheerleader. I was like, wait, what? I'm like, I felt like this like weird, creative type. So you were excited or you thought I was weird? I thought you thought I was weird. No, I thought that I was weird and that you were like a sorority popular model cheerleader girl and that was definitely the image not the case but when I met you I was like this girl's like fucking dork I love her because I felt like oh my god I'm a dork and at the time I feel like we were both these secret dorks because on Instagram we were like we gotta be hot and cool yeah you showed up an hour and 15 minutes late I remember I was fine with it though because I was also running late yeah the ADHD was unmedicated but also like no we are we're still showing up an hour late yeah you still showed up an hour late today yeah (laughs) we're gonna start out with two things three things actually number one if you don't know Lexi Lexi Mars is my best friend and oh my god, that's a big title. But you've known that. You're actually I know, surprised. I know, but you have a lot of best friends. I do. I you do. You do have a lot of best friends. I do. But you've been you've been like at that top tier level for so long. Oh my god. You I'm like a reminder. I'm like, I didn't know I was top tier. You've never called me top tier before. I've called you my best friend like a million times. Well, I, I know, but I guess you have a lot of channel with you. That's so true. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so we are both from the suburbs of Chicago. We never knew each other. We met in LA and we yeah. fell in love in Los Angeles. Literally within like the first 45 minutes. Yeah, we fell in love in a hopeless place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of On the beach at 1 p.m. taking pictures for Pure Vida <laughs> and, and that bikini brand that I was going to help Alfredo start. And then like Alfredo was doing online gambling and I decided to like quit. Should this episode be just about like our 2016 to 2019 like promoter stint because Lex and I thought that in order to be relevant in Los Angeles that we had to go to the club and hang out with promoters and I understand I know what you're thinking you're like ew and Lex we didn't drink by the way we weren't like wild we were just stealthy teases or something yeah well we didn't flirts I was gonna say we didn't go with good intentions. However, who the fuck goes in LA to, is has good intentions? Who the fuck goes to a club? Period. Anywhere with good intentions. That's so true. Like we just wanted to connect, and honestly, we wanted to clout chase. We did. We were like yeah. young twenties, and I'm sorry, but like this is the unattractive shit that you don't want to admit, but I will admit it. We just, we were looking to get a leg up on our career yes yes 100 percent. and it didn't happen yeah. and we went like three times a week yeah and drank water at the club and waited and waited and well waited. i had like some of those fruity shots like yeah. i would drink those yeah, yeah 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 but i'm totally like normal sober at the club yeah so like, was he was fine. like a psycho sober girl. yeah it's like the one guy that i tried to hit on was like sorry i'm actually gay and i was like oh that was funny the one time we were forward it's always it's always like that in la yeah okay so one thing you love about yourself and one thing you're working on. Let's start with the love. Oh, I was going to start with the working on. I know. <laughs> okay. 
Well, I was going to say, I like that I don't overthink things about myself, but I also don't like that I overthink things about my choices. Do yeah. you care if I like, no, explain. explain what... Explain. I'm like, I'll just translate explain. that. So, okay, no, but I actually think that made sense. You have always had a very secure self-image and self-worth. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, like you don't ever feel like you're not enough or too much. Like mm-hmm. I feel like you walk into things being like, if somebody doesn't like me, okay. Yeah. And it's so healthy. And that's one of the things that honestly attracted me to you because I was like, how? I want what <laughs> she's having. I want that. You Can you teach me? Because I was like, I think I'm too much and not enough and something is wrong with me. And you're like, wait, what? You I've think never... all that about yourself? Yeah. 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 And then the thing that plagues you the most and the, what you're talking about with yeah. the overthinking is indecisiveness yeah it's not anything to do with who you are as a person it's actually more so about like career or friendships or even where to go to lunch yeah it's like it's it's daily choices Choices, yeah and it seeps into yeah daily choices that paralyze you that seep into relationships career Mm -hmm. yada yada but me as a person i'm good with me as a person it's not it's not a worth issue it's a people-pleasing thing yeah that honestly is what I've wanted to talk about with you yeah. because this is something that I know yeah. plagues you. It's hard most. to sum up in one line with that starter sentence. Where do we think the people pleasing began? Uh, like, what are some of your earliest memories of being like, I can't think about what I need right now. I have to think about what someone else wants. Honestly, from the time I could remember, like, really? like from when I was five, like anytime I'd have somebody over for a play date, even if I didn't like the person, I felt like I. You know, like when your mom forced you to have a play date with someone? Yeah, totally. So like even if I didn't like them or if I loved them, like I everybody that left my house, I had to give away something of mine. So like I would try Was and Was that give a, a thing that your parents made you do? No, my mom would be like, stop, stop giving away your American Girl dolls. Those are expensive. You would just give them away? Yeah, like I just wanted them to leave with a gift. <laughs> so like I, before they would leave, I'd be like, wait, I have to give you something. I would always make sure the friend or whoever came over to hang out with me like left with a gift and I remember sometimes my mom would be like you can't can't give Samantha away like she's like American girls are like <laughs> I don't know why that is yeah I was like recently in a situation where I saw a couple and I noticed that one partner like could not relax like they felt like they needed yeah. to be useful the way that I saw their relationship function was like one of the partners could chill and the other yeah. partner felt like they needed to be useful all the time in order to be in order to gain approval yeah there's a part of me that's like did you feel like you needed to give the person something before they left to make sure that they would come back or to make sure that they had they thought well of you or maybe I'm making that up no maybe it's like that now but like okay when you were little did you ever think about like dying and stuff I was always so terrified of dying that I would I had such crazy OCD that I would have like mantras in my mind that I would say, not even joking. Like I'd, I'd say a sentence three times that, that I would be like, stop, 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 stop. And then I would scream stop in my head. And it would make it all go away. Yeah. It would like an intrusive yeah. thought. And that would so quote unquote, make the thoughts of like the devil, death, anything bad go away. So I was like really, really avoidant of it probably up until like my nana died last month you're like barbie right now being like does anybody ever think about dying oh my god that's so true i didn't see the movie but i saw the trailer <laughs> that's, <you. laughs> I know. that's so you. if somebody had to die i always wanted myself to die over like my parents or like mm-hmm. and they were like you're not 
dying first but i'm like no no, no can i die for but like i don't Did know what it is that? like i think like seeing other people hurt upsets me more than me having to take pain or something you know what i mean yeah because when i'm in pain i'm like it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine but like when i know somebody else is upset i'm like i don't know what that is but i feel like but it's not even like i'm trying to sound like a saint right now it's like it's to my detriment which is the point that we're trying to make i think you do have that motherly instinct you have these empathic tendencies where yeah. you can tell when somebody's hurting. I want to say you're in tune with what other people are thinking, but I I think that it's like with people you really care about because you will turn yeah. it on and off. Like I've seen you yeah. in social settings and yeah. you if you are there and you're like, I have no connection to these people and I'm yeah. here for myself, mm-hmm. like you're really good at compartmentalizing and being mm-hmm. like, whatever time anybody else is having, like I'm not interested. Yeah, I've had a lot of friends yeah. who... I don't enjoy spending time with as much as they spend their time with me. Yeah. And I feel like this like constant guilt to be there for them, make them happy and stuff, or this constant like need to. Mm -hmm. And like, it'll like keep me awake at night Mm -hmm. and it'll give me so much anxiety. But like, that's just me putting my own needs to the side, I guess. Maybe it came from like times when I wouldn't want to invite somebody to my birthday party and my mom would be like, you're not leaving them out like mm. you it's not it's not about that right mm. like she had you over for a play date she's coming to your birthday party I don't know what it is was well, you I mean like not that you not that we even need to figure out yeah. what it is or where it exactly comes yeah. from but I feel like it's interesting because I see it on social media where you've oh, yeah. built a following like this is just me it's what the people want you know what you've built <laughs> over a hundred thousand people who follow you yeah. and then if we were to put that in terms of what you just said it's like in your mind, it feels like over 100,000 people are counting on you. Yeah, it does. I mean, like, if you did a giveaway, right? Right. And you accidentally picked a giveaway winner in Germany, mm-hmm. and it was $600 to ship the package out, <laughs> would you sh- would you tell her you just couldn't do it? Absolutely. Or- I'd be like, I fucked up. Okay. I was like, I have, I, sh- I picked no, you her. She's excited. I made a commitment to ship this you package. Paid six- I paid $600 to ship it to her in Germany. Because I just, I was like, I don't want to let her down even if she didn't want to do it i'd be like i can't let her down like for example like when you canceled on me to do the podcast i actually wasn't feeling good or something Mm -hmm. and i but i was like i'm not canceling wow yeah i was like i can't cancel i don't want to let her down so it's like oh it actually didn't work for her i could have just asked if it worked for her yeah because it's like (laughs) when we try and figure out how we can please the other person like so many mm-hmm. times if we just check in with how the other yeah. person is feeling it actually could end up that we're on the same page yeah. and then all of a sudden like we're overcompensating because we're like oh I want to make sure that like this yeah. person is receiving me in the way yeah. that I think I would want to mm-hmm. be received or I want it I yeah. want these people to show up for me this way so I'm just going to assume that they want that too yeah. and it's like that actually it's like the golden rule yeah but that's like so like 20 years ago yeah yeah, no, it's like... But I used to, like, live by the golden rule. Wait, what I is the like, goal? Treat other people the way you want to be treated? Yeah. Yeah. When you disappoint someone, disappoint. I'm mm-hmm. saying disappoint in quotation marks. Say the word. That worst. is scary. Why? Oh, I don't like disappointing people. Why? Like, when I think about if I, like, cancel on my grandma for lunch or something, I'm like, is it okay? Like, are you sure it's okay? Like, maybe because, like, people are, like, don't disappoint. You know what I mean? Like, growing up. And stuff like what? people are like, you're going to disappoint them. You really disappointed them. You're disappointing them. Like, do you feel like you heard that a lot? Yeah. With sure. family functions. Like if you made a choice. Like leaving. 
to go to LA. Okay. That's a good example. Can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So go. it's like you're disappointing the family well, leaving and going to LA. Go back. Kind of give me and everyone the backstory on your choice to actually move to LA and why. It starts with going abroad. I went abroad for like a semester and then I... Well, you went to college in Texas. Went to college in Texas. So you left Illinois. That was a good starting point for me. Yeah. And then I was like, God, like, I guess I'll go back to Chicago because if it's like between Chicago and Texas, like, that's all I know. Like, sure. Which, by the way, like, my feelings about Chicago have evolved, which we can talk about. Yeah, we can talk later. about Later. Yeah. But at the time, I was Mine like... Too. I was like, okay, I guess it's between Chicago and Texas. Both are like, fine. Yeah. Like, there's like a grocery store and a Walgreens. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Not, not much going on like it's just regular life um and then I went abroad and that's like kind of when Instagram started and I started seeing like all those travel girls and stuff on Instagram mm-hmm. and I was like ooh, I want to live like that I didn't know how to do it myself but I started like five blogs at the time like I just really wanted to be different at that point mm-hmm. and that was also when I quit dance that same year and I was like having identity crises all the time like yeah. I'd start crying in the grocery store I didn't like I wanted to feel special I think dude I so I needed to feel special and different all the time I cannot tell you how much I literally just had this conversation with my therapist because I wrote a whole letter to myself after I got back from a date because I got back from the date and I was like huh I wanted him to be happy on the date with me but I wasn't happy on the date interesting and that's the same thing you're fucking talking about yeah but I said I just wanted to feel like the most special girl in the world like Mm -hmm. I want to feel like universally lovable like yeah and that looked up to yes different I think it's because I felt that so much with dance like I was always like really good with dance like I was like you know like one of the only people to like make the varsity team like that's like a huge deal it's like an automatic like pass to like being cool and like respected looked up to like whatever and then I quit dance and I was like like even at TCU like the reason I like was in my sorority everybody's like oh my god like she's a showgirl like that sounds like a stripper it's not it's just like what they called the dance team there and if you had that title I had that title and then I quit and decided to go abroad or I didn't quit I wanted to continue the dance team they said if you leave this semester you're not allowed back on the team and I was like okay I know I need to go abroad like I just need to like experience life I've been doing this for my whole life so I quit but then it was like full identity crisis for like a long 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 time and so even when I was abroad I'd be like crying I had my place I had where I put all my value that was dance Mm -hmm. and like being really good at that and like everybody knew me as like the girl who's good at dance Mm -hmm. then when I didn't have that identity crisis like I said and so I wasn't ready to come back from abroad so I decided to extend my trip and stay abroad for the summer and then I really wasn't ready to come back after that because I started to like finally feel separated from like two lives in Texas and Illinois that I had like built that whole time and I was yeah. trying to like refine myself without the judgment of other people which I don't like the judgment of other people nobody does but like oh, I yeah. I like will run across the country to hide from it then when it was time to come back because I wanted to continue finding what? my way to be special which wasn't going to be through dance anymore but mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be harder to stand out and be special as an adult who's supposed to go work at a corporation yeah well you and I bonded over the fact yeah. that we were like we don't want to do this nine to five thing and I think and I still did the whole interview process like I got same a, I had a, few a nine job, to five I got a few job offers and my parents were so mad when I turned all of them down because they were mm-hmm. like what are you going to do now I was like I don't know like I'll figure it out I was like trying to apply for 
my master's in australia i want to be a surfer girl in australia because i saw like the australia instagram models doing it i was like i want to live like them well i feel like you just wanted the new identity i just wanted a new identity i wanted like a way to feel different not to feel like my life was ending by having to get a job but i knew i couldn't come back to illinois and do that because like my mom said to me she's like lexi life isn't about jumping out of planes and being on tv all the time you wake up you take your vitamins you go to work you come home you eat dinner you watch tv and you go to sleep repeat and i remember i started crying in the airport when she said that to me i think she was like joking but it was but there was not a a joke to me i was like i was like so scared of that so i just had to like but isn't there like run so then I found a roommate on Craigslist, went to LA because I couldn't figure out how to do the Australia thing. Genuinely couldn't figure out the logistics by well, myself. Well, that I, I know because you started a website. I started like six websites. Three times and all of them crashed. And it was like, it, it <laughs> actually like doesn't make sense to me. Like you have a weird witchy touch with the internet. Like I never want you touching anything. It's like a weird thing. Like I don't know why. I've tried to start three podcasts too. One with you, Michelle. Yeah. Another one with Morgan. Another one by myself can't figure it out but cannot just, figure out how to hook the microphone up yeah it's just like technicalities it's, yeah like it's not for lack of trying the oh tech, i tried no i know i know the technology <laughs> itself always somehow is like i'm gonna disconnect right now with lexi mars specifically like i can't figure out how to change my address right now so like everything is still being oh my sent God, usps like, no because my oh my god you had like a faulty address it's because i had a p.o box which is considered like a business address but then i anyway whatever I feel like both you and I are really good at like big really big picture items like that finding out the logistics of like very hard things but then when it comes to yeah opening a mailbox it's like no that's impossible yeah I felt so dumb people probably were like watching me like try to open like a little blue mailbox on like the side of the road like I was pretty embarrassed about that I was like I'm stupid I'm stupid I'm stupid anyways yeah you might never say like I am not enough or I'm too much or whatever but you do say you have always felt stupid yes yes but you know what else i was thinking about the people pleasing just now i was like are people gonna like this episode because all i'm doing is talking about my story right now i'm not giving them any valuable advice why do they care about to hear about my story because it's true it's not though because your story a what you're giving people is your humanity, your relatability. Yeah. Like I listen to podcasts. I I literally listen to people telling their stories because I desperately need to feel like, oh my God, so this is yeah. this is normal? I'm not the only crazy one? Yeah. And like what you're doing right now for every girl who has ever felt fucking stupid and she's mm-hmm. not, for every girl who thought about death when she was three, for every girl who has ever... Or every person who has ever had to go through an identity. For yeah. every person who's, who's ever wanted had, to change but been too scared to. Yeah, for every yeah. person who's ever gone through an identity yeah. crisis after having something define them for so long and then had that thing yeah. taken away from them and have to find something else. Like, hearing your story, like, that's the valuable information. Yes. Anyway, well, I won't think about if I'm pleasing them or not. Yeah, <laughs> you got to let that go because there are going to be people that hate this episode. And yeah. then what does that mean? I could have done it better. Let's say that people think you could have done it better than what? I feel like next time maybe I need to write out a script, you know? Like keep me on track. Like get some like valid takeaways. Would you... If uh, that, this is like my genuine like thought. No, I, I know. Don't. If I... Told, I know it's wrong, but... No, I mean like if I told you that people didn't like my, my podcast episode, so I'm going to write out a script of everything that I'm going to say. I'd maybe just be like, James, just do another one. Like just keep going. Just keep going. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. So in the spirit of continuing to keep going, which is exactly what you did, do you feel like there was a part of you when you were studying abroad because you kept on making a point to be like, I just knew like there's no way I could go back there. Were you hoping to not go back home until you felt like you found an identity abroad? Like was the goal potentially to be like maybe my new identity is I want yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, I got an internship in London working for a PR agency in the music industry. They didn't let me do anything except for like rip out magazines, like magazine spreads or whatever. Yeah. I didn't care. I was like, I'm going to live in London and I'm not going back. And if I go back, that means people are going to expect old Lexi. People are going to mm-hmm. expect things to go back the same way. But anyways, I had to go back because my parents were like, we're not funding this. <laughs> but like, what is old Lex? Because I have a thing too where I have yeah. little Jamie. I talked about this in my first yeah, episode. I love that. I have Jamie oh. Singer who feels kind of nerdy and not good enough. Mm-hmm. And Jamie Alex who feels like the cool LA Instagram girl who made it. So I'm wondering who is old Lexi and who is new Lexi? I think old Lexi and new Lexi are the same. Unfortunately, it's yeah, not the answer that you're hoping for. No, it because mine are too. But it's like, what was old when you say they're going to expect old Lexi? What were they expecting? They're going to expect me to come back to Chicago, do the same thing, be like everybody else, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah. Which I've come to learn is not a bad thing. Like now, years later, after after getting to feel special, getting mm-hmm. to have our moment in LA, yeah. I'm like, I just want to be like everybody else and be comfortable. It's so true though. Yeah. That's such a good point because I feel like every single time, like we spent the past seven years being like, I'm running, different. Running, running, running. Yeah, running. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, both of us were like, should like, we? It's kind of nice to like feel the same. Slow down? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and just like live your life for yourself. And and when, when you hear live your life for yourself, I still think live your life on your own terms. Be a boss, like whatever. I think it was finding that that doesn't actually bring genuine happiness. Yeah. It just brings the feeling of needing to keep running. I feel like you and I would watch these like 5 a.m. morning routine, like productivity culture really got yeah. to both of us. Tony Robbins. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Tony, like, stop. Yeah, wait. What was it like? <laughs> I remember one of my friends went to um, a Tony Robbins talk and for the mm. week after would just wake up and be like, Yes! Which is gr- which is, which a is gr- fine. A we great were- feeling. <laughs> right. We're like, how long is this going to last? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I think Alex might have said this too with his startup. He's like, I realized my like little tiny life with Lexi and Muffin isn't so bad. Like thinking I had to be like this big shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that's like maybe like what a lot of people feel like they have to do until they get to that place where they're like doing it. It's like kind of how like they say like, oh, the CEO that like is making so much money realizes when he's all alone and doesn't have anything to offer. Like how many people are truly there for him or whatever. I was listening to a podcast this morning and it was like talking about how culture has set us up to never Mm -hmm. fully be satisfied. We're trying to fill a void that honestly doesn't need as much as we think it needs. And she was kind of talking about how literally walking outside and going on a walk in the morning or Mm -hmm. watching the sunset was like enough to actually satiate her and make her happy and fulfilled. And yeah, that's sort of where I feel like both you and I have kind of like serendipitously come to the same come back to it yeah we've both come back yeah. to it at the same time which makes sense because we moved to chicago like literally in the same week yeah we moved to la within the yeah. same year and yeah. then we moved back to chicago within the same mm-hmm. week and it wasn't even on purpose no it was just that we were in the same place yeah. of okay we both different. were so for lack of a better word desperate and hungry mm-hmm. but i think desperate is the wrong word okay I think we were like 
since we were little, I think we both wanted to like make something of ourselves yeah. and, and that yeah. it meant be different, be the person that's talked about. You know what I mean? I do. And I've been trying to figure out why I want that so bad. Why do we want to be the people that are talked about? Well, it's interesting. Like I, I think with dance, I never wanted to be in the spotlight, but I wanted to be one of the best. Yes. But I think like I just kept chasing like people telling me I'm like one of the best at whatever mm-hmm. I was doing. And I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not trying to figure out your whole life. We're just trying to talk about your whole life and not even your whole life. But I think some of the things that are most relatable are the people pleasing Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that that's something that we're all sort of struggling with and that's mm-hmm. why boundaries is such a buzzword right now. Mm-hmm. When you're a codependent people pleaser, and I'm not saying you're codependent, no, but... That's what therapists said. That you're codependent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I am too. Or I'm in all codependent relationships except for Alex. I think that we're now talking about boundaries because I wonder if the millennial generation, mm-hmm. if we were raised by parents that threw away all of their boundaries in order to please us. I think that's what it is. We didn't have the access no. to as much information mm-hmm. as we do now. And mm-hmm. I mean, when we were kids, like social media wasn't real. Like yeah. there was no internet or there was internet, but there wasn't social media to like see what everybody else was Mm -hmm. up to or like learn certain terminology about self-help and personalities Mm -hmm. and family dysfunction like yeah you didn't have access to that information it was there but all you had was what you grew up around exactly so if you grew up in a mess the one positive thing well there's plenty of positive and negative things about social media but a huge positive is if you are in a dysfunctional Mm -hmm. family system dynamic relationship Mm -hmm. like you can go on social media and be like all right I want advice and Mm -hmm. like access that when we grew up I don't know I feel like I watched my parents definitely sacrifice their own boundaries for my brother and I like 100% yeah are you talking about like their relationship was about you guys my parents will admit their relationship was fully about us I never saw them hug or anything. It was always about us. Like really, even like when they would when they would hang out, it would be like a a dinner to like talk about us and how we're doing and like what they can. What do you mean when you say it was about you guys? What does that mean? Oh my god! Well, me with dance was everything, Mm. Uh, but I did well with dance, and so I never really let them down. What you just said was, I was on dance. I was one of the best in dance. And so I never let them down. Yeah. And then the whole thing that we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast is the terror that runs through your body when you risk letting people down. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because can some of those things like kind of just already naturally like be in you and then they get worse? Like, because I remember, you know, giving my toys away when I was five and stuff. But then it was when I got on medicine is when I got really good with dance at the same time and then yeah. that's when it started becoming about like pressure to perform i guess mm-hmm. maybe because- it's when i started doing really well with it and i started getting the feedback then i was in like that feedback loop mm-hmm. or whatever you would call it and then i had to keep being the best my brother was really good with sports and then when he wasn't it would cause like serious issues within our family why i think my parents had different outlooks on how to handle it mm-hmm. or how to handle him Mm. or even if he got in trouble outside of sports mm-hmm. it was like one of them had one idea the other one had another idea was, they lived through us they were those parents that like lived yeah through us yeah like you know how some parents like let their kid do whatever they want to do yeah no no i had it was this, like i are gonna this, be like this 
I had yeah. this conversation with my mom the other day because I was like, I realized I had like a reaction to mm-hmm. something that she said. We were going to visit my cousins mm-hmm. in Bumblefuck, Ocala, Florida, mm-hmm. and one of them hunts. And obviously as a vegetarian for the past like 18 years, mm-hmm. I had a big reaction to something that she had said about that. And she was like, mm-hmm. she was all of a sudden was reacting to my big emotions being like, make sure you don't say that at the dinner table because that's going to upset them. Oh, I do that to Alex. Well, okay. I literally do that to Alex. Because I think our parents did it to us. Like, I've definitely done that too. I'm like, I'm just trying to warn you. I'm trying to help. I'm like... Right, but but then all of a sudden you're warning him about a situation that has not even happened yet. And I was like, okay, mom, what would happen if I did have that reaction at the dinner table? Then Mm -hmm. what? And she... We kind of got towards... She was like, I keep on thinking that you are a reflection of how good of a parent I am. My mom literally says that I am a reflection of her. Yeah, and like that, <laughs> there's still. No, because still. I'm like, I'm like hard no on that because there's that phrase like, I am from you, not of you. And yeah, it's yes, like I thank you so much to our parents for everything that they have given us to get mm-hmm. where we are now. But I think having that distinction because that's where the codependency comes from. If your parent yeah. figure is like, you are a reflection of me, no shit. That's you why feel I changed like, my name on Instagram, remember? Do you want to tell the story of oh, why? Oh, yeah. Because everybody's like, what? Like, my last name is Oberhide. First of all, Hi. can I just say, I have you in my phone as Lexi Oberhide since the day I met you. And it's. You be- were there during that conversation. I know. And it's yeah. because I was like, there is this like homey hearty feeling when I see your phone pop up like I don't want a text from Lexi Mars I want the text from Lexi Oberheide yeah yeah so let's go into what because your last name is your full name Hmm. is Lexi Marie Alexandra Marie Alexandra (laughs) Marie Oberheide who the fuck is Lexi Mars Lexi Mars is basically the same but kind of Lexi Oberheide in hiding because Lexi Oberheide in hiding was doing Instagram. My dad wanted me to work at Morgan Stanley. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pictures I was posting, me in a bikini at the beach, was not okay <laughs> to his clients or to Morgan Stanley. Which, first of all, his or clients... potential employers, which I was like, I'm not getting a job. Well, <laughs> clients, though, that never actually said anything. He... Oh, they do. Really? But they like it. Right, they're, they're all, like, yeah. oh, she's a bikini model. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. That's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, okay, well. Six years later. I mean, at least you have a chance with some really gross middle-aged yeah, men in exactly, the suburbs. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Well, I think my dad also figured out, even if I changed my name to Mars, which was not out of nowhere. It was, it. okay, we went through a whole process. It was, mm-hmm. I tried to do Lexi, Lexi Marie. Marie taken. Obviously. Obviously, yeah. Before that, it was Lexo. I would, I want to change my name back to Lexo. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> I actually <laughs> but like that's more your personality. I know, me yeah. too. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm like, should I change it back to Lexo? It was like a lot of yeah. O's. Yeah, like two, two, two. Lexo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that. I think it's more you because you're just like, everybody used to say. Lexo. When, like when they met you in person, <laughs> they're like, you are so Instagram versus reality. Like I would have yeah. never expected you to be so like goofy and silly. Yeah. No, yeah. I would totally change my handle back to Lexo. Yeah. Honestly. You should. Maybe I will. For your Chicago era. Or just in general. Yeah. Because that, that was what initially came to my head when creating my handle. Lexo. Yeah. So. But that wasn't. Still the same person. But I, I think I was trying so hard to do 
what was what you were supposed to do on Instagram. What was cool. Yeah, well, everybody either had, like, their full name. Couldn't get that. Mm-hmm. Um, I could get Lexi Overhide, though. Dad said, change your name right now. I don't want my clients seeing this. I don't want people talking. You're disappointing the family, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Which, hi, Dad. I'm sure you're listening to this now, and I know you're very supportive now. <laughs> like... Like, it's, it's all worked out, but at the time when Instagram was so, like, those narcissists are posting photos of themselves on yeah. Instagram or, like, I don't know, social media's changed a lot. Well, it's because all of a sudden there's this rampant trend of we don't want to see the influencer, we want to see real life, which I love. However... But also every kid's trying to do it now, and then if you, if you look at Business Magazine, they're like... Children are now saying that being a YouTuber is their number one career aspiration. So now it's becoming cool. And also people are finding out the amount of money that you can make with it. And then when people see the success of other people, maybe from their hometown that did it, they're like, wait, I want to do that. Yeah. So now it's wanted. Before it was made fun of Uh, when we were doing it. I feel like that's where I land every single time because I'm like, when we say real life, yes, we are posting a lot more reality mm-hmm. now. Every single time we're in front of a camera, so, we are never going to be 100% our authentic selves. If like, we were, the camera wouldn't be... If we were the camera fucking... I mean, maybe sometimes. You have to set the camera up in order to get a moment. So think about that. Like, yeah. unless there's like hidden cameras in the house, yeah. you know that you're filming something and you're, something might change a little. The way I'm sitting right now is to face the camera. Me too, yeah. Otherwise, I'd... Who knows what I would be doing? I'd probably be like on the ground. Like to be honest, I'd probably be like picking my nose. Yeah. Like vegged out, having this conversation yeah. in I'd bed. I'd immediately wipe the slip liner off. It's Imme- getting crusty. I don't want to wear makeup right now. No. Yeah. <laughs> We're both still performing. But I'm exactly. like, I just, I want some of the internet or I want yeah. the people that see this to think, hey, that podcaster, she's kind of pretty. She's still got it a little. I think you want to, I think you want to like what you see though when you're editing it too. Yeah. You and I, I mean, you were a showgirl. We both grew up with moms that were very pretty moms in the mm-hmm. suburbs. Like I, I didn't notice that though. I know. Yeah. Thank God. I mean like, <laughs> thank God I lucky didn't notice you. that. Thank but, God I never looked in the mirror. Oh, like a lot. But, but I will say, I think this is the thing that makes me appreciate and understand sports more than I ever did before you had an identity in sports I yeah never had that strong of an identity yeah and like I I guess I had the identity in singing I still think naturally and this is where like you're right some of us are just predisposed to certain things yeah like naturally I just was like I want to be as pretty as my mom and I don't know that that was as important to you it wasn't at all I was thinking like am I nailing my tricks right like, we had to look in the mirror at dance all day. Like, I'm sure any dancer can relate to that. Like, mm-hmm. that was the mirror. And from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m., I was looking in that mirror. But I was looking fully at just my technique. I wasn't looking at the shape of my body or, like, yeah. my face. Or, or oh, does this pose, like, look good? Or is this correct for dance? Like, I was fully just in that mode of, like, am I a good dancer? Will you tell the story of yeah. when you actually learned to look at your body because I think this is interesting my mom maybe when I was like a sophomore junior in high school she started being like no you have to wear this bikini instead she always put me in her like one pieces or tankinis Mm -hmm. with a full coverage back and I remember like we got in a huge fight about it I wanted to wear this one with like a scrunchy bottom Mm -hmm. from Urban Outfitters it was just like a regular black scrunchy bottom with like ties yeah Yeah, not even really cheeky it wasn't like this it was like Back when we still weren't wearing like G-strings to the beach. 
back before g-strings were acceptable at the beach yeah <laughs> and i wasn't trying to do it to like have sex appeal like i just wanted to wear what the other mm-hmm. girls my age were wearing yeah. so anyways we were in line to like go snorkeling or like get snorkeling equipment or something and we saw this girl in front of us i was like mom she is wearing the bikini you told me i couldn't wear and she's like well it looks different on her than on you on you it's like too much too much and i'm like that's not fair this is the thing that i always found really interesting Mm -hmm. with the commentary on your body Mm -hmm. because and it kind of reminds me of like emily radikowski because both of us have very different relationships with our bodies but Mm -hmm. we've both been able to like really understand each other in different Mm -hmm. ways yeah and it's because like when i heard that story i was like wow That is just the other side of the same coin of fucking unfairness. Like all of a sudden you're having to cover up your body so that other people are not what? People enticed by the way that you look like all not even that, but feel bad about how they look like sometimes I'll hear like, don't post that you look too skinny it's gonna make other people feel bad. It's people trying to be like, oh, I don't want you to trigger someone else. Or make make people feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting too because I'm like, as somebody with really bad body dysmorphia, like plenty of times I have looked at your body and been like, wow, that would be so nice. And it's never something that I feel like I've I've made a point to be like, that is never something that's going to affect our friendship because Mm I have been so honest with you about it. Oh my God, from like day one. From day one. And also to anybody like struggling with body dysmorphia – or anything that makes mm-hmm. you feel like, oh God, this is going to be really yeah. hard to deal with. You can find people that are open to communicating with you about mm-hmm. it. I remember like when you were posting those bikini photos, mm-hmm. first of all, the truth is if I or if anybody who maybe didn't have a genetically a Sports Illustrated body <laughs> was posting in the same swimsuit, there is less of a chance that they would get a call being like, hey, my clients don't want to see you posting in bikinis. It's bad for the family name. Like, but I didn't even think about that. And maybe, maybe, maybe not, right? But I think that... Yeah, like I couldn't like be at the pool like when my brother and his friends were at the pool. Because, right, because it was going to make other people uncomfortable because you looked, what, too sexy in a swimsuit? Yeah, like, yeah. My Fuck mom would that. Be like you're making your brother uncomfortable. It never like upset me personally. It just made me mad. I was like, why can't I wear this bikini at the pool? She's wearing the same bikini at the pool. Yeah, that in and of itself was you being taught that you have to put yourself aside to make other people feel comfortable. Yeah, like suppress or like, Mm -hmm. you know, not about me, it's about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't even know, once again, you don't even know the reality or the truth of the situation. You actually could show up in a swimsuit, in the same swimsuit, and that other girl could feel the Mm -hmm. same way as you and be like, yeah, it doesn't bother me. Never really noticed. Uh, Yeah. Right. But it's like you were like taught to look out for other people's emotions thinking that your presence would potentially trigger them? Yes, actually. Yeah, correct. In certain ways. I'm sure, you know what, my family's watching this right now. They're like, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. (laughs) But there are certain situations when you unpack them and it's like, oh. I do want to make it clear. I was getting so mad at my mom this week because we were taking care of my grandma who is currently in rehab because she broke her ankle and then she got sick and it was this whole thing, okay? Mm -hmm. And I was getting so mad at her because I was like, oh my God, I was seeing all these things that she was doing and I was like, oh my God, this is what you did to me. She has this fear 
that people in her family think that she is selfish. And so she goes so far in the opposite direction to try and convince people that she's thinking about them. But then in, in that same breath, she is choosing to abandon like both me and her to try and please well, that's what my mom does right the other people but I was like seeing it because you know when you go to therapy and you're like yeah you get older and you're like oh my god I see these patterns and like yeah. the wonderful thing is I have a mom who can talk about it and own it and that is so great my mom's like uh, no yeah yeah to give our parents credit where it's mm-hmm. due they grew up in a certain system like I look mm-hmm. at my mom's family dynamic growing up and I'm like it is a wonder that you came out the way you did like wow okay yeah fucking moved mountains and I have a lot of compassion for that by the time the trip was over and I saw my mom's relationship with her mom and her relationship with her siblings I was like oh I have a lot of compassion for my mom even though she's doing Mm -hmm. the things that maybe quote-unquote fucked me up and it's my responsibility at this age to now be like all right yes this fucked me up my mom didn't have the fucking resources no she did everybody's doing their best with what they know at the time right exactly and like when your parents were younger like Mm -hmm. I would say the conversation that we have around Mm -hmm. body acceptance now has evolved so much and I think when we were younger your parents were honestly trying to live within the system that they grew up in Mm -hmm. and we're like well I wasn't allowed to do that my mom says my mom always says to me she goes I never question Grammy Paulette. I never question. Well, my Grammy dad. Paulette is your mom's mom. Yeah. Yeah. She, she goes, I wasn't like you. I actually, if they told me to do something, I would do it. Mm. If they told me something wasn't right, I would listen. And I go, you never thought that you could, you know. Question authority. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm not like that. I do not question authority. And I'm like, okay, well, congrats. And then she'll like pull a line and she'll be like, I'm not selfish like you are. And I'm like, okay. So questioning authority and choosing yourself has been labeled as selfish. There's a pride that comes with not questioning authority. But then for you... It's scary, but I have to kind of force myself not to question authority. If I'm going to do it, I'll have to be like, is is the outcome that could come from me making the decision for myself gonna impact my life Mm. in a better way that I'll be happy about later or is it something that I don't really care that much about so it's like I'm picking and choosing my battles every time I do it which is so smart even with my therapist she was like when you're dealing with a person who is limited in what they know Mm -hmm. and how much they're willing to grow it's like the picking and choosing of battles that's so brilliant that you just inherently knew to do that because Mm -hmm. I could feel myself with some people being like, I want to defend myself. But then mm-hmm. I had this moment where I was like, oh my God, but we're never going to get anywhere because this person is not interested yeah. in that. When the other person is not interested in growing with you, you learn to like let it go. And that's yeah. so hard for me because I'm like, no, I want everybody yeah. to understand me. But like some people are committed to never understanding you. Like If there's ever something that gets to a point where it's like, okay, no, this actually affect my life going forward mm-hmm. or like my future or something like that in a way that I don't want my future to look like, that's when I'll like, stand up for myself or I'll silently stand up for myself and I'll just leave because I've done that like twice mm-hmm. now you know what I mean yeah both times I've run off to LA I don't know where I'll go next but like if and when it happens again you know what I mean like or like I'll fight them on it then and there I'll be like too bad I don't know there are certain times when it I'm willing to like fight the battle I guess you could yeah. say other times I'm just like whatever but I can't fight every battle when you say that you're always on the run <laughs> what are you running from I think judgment 
Mm. I think judgment. And I think it used to be like the status quo. I love Diane von Furstenberg's book Mm -hmm. in college. I haven't read it. I need to read it. Okay. It's called The Woman I Wanted to Be. My Mm. grandma bought it for me. I'm sure she's like regretting that now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She like, she just lived a really full life and didn't settle down until she was like ready to settle down. She like started her own fashion line, obviously. She lived a life of choosing herself. Yes. She was just doing her thing the whole time. And actually, the guy that she ended up settling down with was her first guy. Really? And she just, yeah. She and you're with him. your first yeah, guy. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that, like, put away that worry, too, of, like, oh, my God, is it going to work or not? Because she was, like, Barry was always there for me, like, even, like, when I would end things with another person or whatever. So, like, if it's meant to be, if that's the type of person, then it'll work out. Okay, say it again for the people in the fucking back. If it's meant to be, it'll be. You shouldn't have to worry about it or chase it or hope that it doesn't hook up it, as in the guy or the girl. (laughs) It. (laughs) It, the thing, the dog. Ew, no, that's gross. (laughs) Like, doesn't hook up with someone, doesn't date someone, doesn't talk to someone, doesn't see a certain girl's Instagram profile. Right, you have no fucking control. You don't have control. You'll never have control. And worrying about it is only going to set you back from living, like, your life. So just... And same with career. Only focus on your thing. And don't focus on anybody else's thing. You can't control anything else in the world. So like if it's meant to be, it'll be. Which we're putting a pin in that. Because you just said don't focus on anybody else's thing even in career. And like I think you and I have focused a lot on what's working for everyone else before we've focused on what actually works Mm -hmm. for us. And like this is what I'm hoping to focus on going forward now that we're both sort of slowing down and yeah. actually trying to get to know ourselves well not even what works for us because like who we, yeah typically what makes us happy yeah that part that part yeah <laughs> the soul feeding part yes yeah i used i always would experiment i'd throw things at the wall and then when i would figure out what worked i would just stick with that until it mm-hmm. ran out and then i'd go to the next thing but it's like the soul feeding part because I don't get sick and like all that stuff. Right. Because you would run yeah. your body to the point of burnout mm-hmm. doing the thing that the analytics told you worked, but it mm-hmm. was not actually fulfilling you as a person. Yeah. Or I, or I'm like so hyper-focused on one thing that I forget about all the other aspects yeah. to show those other aspects. So like I keep jumping. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's like an ADD thing though. Well, both. Like you- hyper-focusing. I yeah. Know. I mean. I definitely hyper-focus. I, I, mean, I don't mean to. The thing that we actually bonded on when we first met, you probably remember, was we both have very obsessive personalities. Yeah. And we both are very all or nothing. All or nothing. Yeah. With our YouTube channel too. We went from putting out one a day. Yeah. That's probably my biggest thing in life that I I want to, that I am trying to work on. And that's why it's so important for me to be consistency. Like I really want to be consistent with this podcast because I... And I was really consistent with how much I posted on Instagram in the beginning, but I think I get overwhelmed by like the big picture Mm -hmm. YouTube sort of stuff where I'm like, I have to do this every single week and then we run ourselves to burnout. We're like, am I enjoying this? I'm trying not to look at consistency right now, at least. Yeah. I'm trying to look at balance because I'll just keep getting sick personally. But I went through the consistency mode. Remember when I got mad at you and I was like, Mm -hmm. I can't give my all for a YouTube channel and then it doesn't work. And then, you know what I mean? It gets yeah. like set back everything. So now Which like, I understand. But that was me and my like, I'm going to be consistent mm-hmm. phase. And then I got sick. I. And burned out again. So now I'm like, okay. just That's why I didn't set my alarm this morning. Why I was late. I was like, I'm, whatever, my, whatever my body needs. 
I'm obsessed with that, Lexi. That's like the most intuitive thing you've ever said. Yes. Really? Because I'm so used to you being on autopilot, being like, we got to get this done and we got to like, I don't care. Because I was like consistency. I was like every single day. I almost feel like you were like, fuck what my body needs. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. But like, I I can't do that for my hands, at least right now either. Yeah, because your hands, you like, I killed them editing. Wow. What but now I barely, now I barely post. Yeah, but I think that a lot of creators that have been doing yeah. it for a really long time go through this like evolution period and part of, it's like the death and rebirth of, yeah. there's a death of mm. maybe this one mm-hmm. version of Lexi Mars and now you're kind of going through this like rebirth period of Taking every who you single are now. part of Lexi Mars and Lexi Oberheide that I've been in the past. Yes. And then being like, what parts do I want to bring back to life? That's literally, yeah. it's like you are becoming yeah. Alexandra Marie Oberheide and I am becoming Jamie Well, Alexander. I really hope so because Instagram won't verify me until I give them my legal name. Wait, I thought you were verified. No. What? They won't verify me until I give them my legal name and I'm like, who ah. knows who Alexandra Marie Oberheide is. Ah. <laughs> I'm like, I guess I'm not getting verified. Wait, they would change your handle? Like, I have to put Alexandra Marie Oberheide in the bio. You know how? Like, I'm like. I say, no. I say that at the end of the fucking podcast, that is your next right thing. Making that my handle? You know how long no, that is? That's Alex- in your, no, Alex- that's your full name. That's not your handle. That's just your name. Oh, yeah. But, like, I think that's, like, the next right thing thing to do because Just put it in my I changed my name to Jamie Alex Singer the full you know what I'm scared of though what Oberheide is kicked out of MGM in Las Vegas because my brother because <laughs> my brother decided to go too crazy on his senior trip so if MGM who has reached out about a partnership to Lexi Mars Wait, knows that I'm you. the sister of him I don't know if I'm getting that partnership <laughs> like it's a legality issue Okay, well, we're going to put a... We'll figure it out. We'll actually, like, we'll table that. Yeah. (laughs) And try and figure out if maybe we can, like, switch around, like, a letter or two or something. Right. We have all these parts of ourselves. Uh Uh-huh. If there's a part of you that wants to be special, there's a part of you that wants to slow down and be a kid again. There's a part mm-hmm. of you, and a lot of times the parts of ourselves are battling each other. Yeah. You know? Where yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah, I want to slow down, but then the other part mm-hmm. is like, speed up, speed up, you're mm-hmm. not good enough. And the other one's like, but my body is hurting, like mm-hmm. all these things. And it's like, okay, how do we put these parts in relationship with each other? How? Well, I don't know. That's why I'm in therapy. I'm trying to figure that out right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking no. But like, it. she did say, which kind of offered me some peace was like the goal is not to get rid of this stuff. You can still have the part of you that wants to be special. Yeah. Right now, the fact that you were like, I want to get better at listening to my body. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, so now you are interested in slowing down and being like, do I need to listen to the part of myself that wants to be the highest achieving and the best? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. And there's times where like that part yeah. will be so helpful and mm-hmm. other times where you might need to be like, okay, I see why you would want to take over in this situation, but I got this. Trust myself, basically, you're saying. Mm-hmm. But Lex, mm. you did, Lex did a dump. Oh yeah, the photo dump. Well, that's so interesting. Makes me want to cry because Lexi sent me a photo dump and she was like, if I was never going to be judged for this, 
here's what I'd want to post in a carousel photo dump of 10 photos. And I scrolled through and in all caps, I was like, oh my God, Lexi, this. We'll see how it does. Because I was like, this is the first time I've actually seen you put together a carousel of photos that A, tells a story about, that tells a story about who you really are. It's funny. It's still cute as fuck. You still look hot as fuck, but you're silly and weird. And I, think I that's love like it. That's like the only time I did that ever. Like before I was doing Instagram and Instagram, I would still ask my college roommates, which one? You've never posted a photo on no, your I've own. No, I've never even like, yeah, I've never posted a photo on my own without asking if it's okay or what people like. Ever. Yeah. Ever. But Alex says there's something about hitting, boyfriend Alex says there's something about hitting rock bottom to where you realize that nothing else is working that like you only try something different sometimes when you have absolutely nothing to lose when you've exhausted all all options, options. and i have exhausted yes all options yes yeah. yeah and so you're like what would it be like if i actually like showed up as me yeah i think the last time i did creative writing was before i, I got on my medication and the book was called the magical lizard <laughs> but like <laughs> You are a magical lizard. When you when we first met, you were acting, you were doing stand-up comedy and like, oh my God, I remember the first time I saw you do stand-up, I was like blown was the away. Last time. The first and last time I saw you, I was, <laughs> I was blown the fuck away at how fucking funny you were. I was like, I mean, I knew you were funny just in daily life, but I like was not expecting even that caliber of performance. I was like, you are doing it so naturally. You're so in your body on stage. Yeah. I remember being like, can you do this on Instagram? And you were like, no, no that's I not can't. what performs. I can't. Well, not even that. It'll stress me out thinking that I'm not thinking about what's going to like work. Like that's yeah. why I called myself Pam when I started doing stand up. Like I didn't want anybody in the room to be able to like <laughs> trace my name back to this performance and the only way I was going to enjoy the performance is if I had a fake name. So because you ensured that no matter what no one would actually be able to judge you. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it was like my little mask. But you know what Beyonce does that? She calls herself Sasha Fierce on stage That's apparently. That's so fucking true. She calls herself but obviously everybody knows. Yeah. But like I don't, I don't think right. I was ever able to get past that point. Part of the reason I quit was because they were like you have to start inviting people to the show and I was like no. I don't want to invite people to the show. Mm. Like, you're lucky you had to come to the show. <laughs> I do feel pretty fucking blessed. But I, when I went on stage, I was like, this is my retirement performance. Like, that's what I said. I was like, I can't invite people to the show. Because nobody would have thought that I would do stand-up either. Because I was always, like, more so, like, an achiever than, like, at least because since, like, third grade. Because stand-up comedians are not since, achievers. <laughs> since I was... <laughs> yeah kind of in a way it was like you're not silly at third grade was like r.i.p silly lexi like after i was voted class clown blah blah blah. like then i went into serious lexi achiever competition dancer you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. fourth grade till i guess when i did stand up for a bit so oh also hi followers um you guys always ask for my comedy videos that's why i don't share them i think that this is really i think i'm funny Dude, I, every time I see comedy videos, I'm like, I could be doing this. And there is the part of me that doesn't want to share it because I'm like, comedy is so sacred to me. Like, it's the thing I feel most confident in when it comes to acting in film mm-hmm. and TV. Really confident there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, if I just trust myself to do it on social media, what if people don't think I'm funny? And that's terrifying. And I get you. Mm-hmm. And I think we got to get our asses to Chicago right now because we wanted to do 
start we wanted to start a funny video series in chicago oh that you God, guys will fucking see i can't think about what i'm gonna say though i won't make you i, okay, I, I will just, i will catch you off guard okay. you know that i always yeah. make you say weird shit okay you yeah. can you can yeah. be lexi and i feed off of each other by being weird as fuck mm-hmm. um and the thing is lex like what i'm realizing throughout this whole conversation is the reason that i felt so safe with you and felt like immediately close to Mm -hmm. you in LA and especially honestly in LA is because I felt like I could be my dorky 13 year old self with you yeah oh yeah yeah I haven't had friends like that since like high school if you have people in your life family included Mm -hmm. that refuse to understand you nobody is guaranteed a spot in your life that's a blessing (sighs) (laughs) watch out people i'm just saying it's like it is a blessing to be in your life like we have one it's gonna end talk about thinking about dying yeah i know what's the point of having people who are committed to misunderstanding you in your life it's a lot of people (laughs) (laughs) a lot of people no it's so true though it's so true i mean you've been my only solid friend in LA the entire time but that's all I needed that's all I, I wish needed. I that's all I that. wanted I wish I knew that what do you mean like I wish I I wish I understood that all I needed was one I think I was trying to be everyone's oh, yeah. one that's true you always had a lot of friends though I I've had a lot of mediocre friends yeah. but I think maybe it's the way that we thought about it always. like I've always been like yeah they're friends like they're just see them every once in a while but like all people that i connect with like like really like talk to all the time about everything like i only need like one i was trying to make everybody everything Mm -hmm. and you were good at compartmentalizing no you're just this one thing and that's okay you're somebody i invite to a party if i were to ever have a party which i didn't no you know our version of a party we're friends we text yeah our version of a party is literally laying in bed with pizza and on that note we're about to go to chicago order a fucking pizza take pictures at sunset which you will see on the fucking gram okay we still have a million more things that we can cover we will be back thank god we're in the same city okay so we're gonna cover it but right now we're gonna go drive to chicago and eat pizza we love you bye bye